Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Building. 
the man who makes this all happen. TP, what's going on, my guy? How we doing this evening, sir? Young Gunner, just another victim of the ghetto. Posted, pivoted, and it's to work. My pop book is pivot, got addicted to work. Man, his ass is shame. It's a game. I made my way through the game. Took off the blazer, we seduced the tie. Whoa, I'm feeling some type of way. Timeless is alive. What's going on, everybody? We got to get into this thing. I'm a little frustrated with some news that I done heard coming out of the mitten, but, uh, in the words of Naughty by Nature, everything is going to be all right. Yeah, man. Yeah, TP, what's going on, man? It's a pleasure to hear from you, sir. Um, I know you got a lot to talk about regarding the Detroit Lions, but before we get to that, I definitely wanted to cover some news and notes from around the league. I, I led with it this afternoon, but, you know, Kareem Hunt, did, not Kareem Hunt, excuse me, Nick Chubb did end up on season-ending IR. Um, based off what I'm reading, based on the doctors that I've spoken to, um, and based on his history, that, you know, injury could definitely, you know, alter the trajectory of his career, not more or less his season. So we got that to deal with and that to talk about. Uh, Saquon Barkley is dealing with a high ankle. Um, you know, Brian Dable said that he's not ruling him out for Thursday, but let's keep it a bean. I'll be very, very shocked if he plays this upcoming Thursday versus San Francisco 49ers. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I've, they're calling him a, a fast healer. Um, unless he, you know, was talking in tongues and, you know, doing his thing with the church and all that, I, I'm not too sure how that's going to work, but I digress. Um, Shaq Thompson is gone for the rest of the year with a pet. Um, Jamal Williams running back for the New Orleans Saints has another hamstring. Um, it just seems like guys are falling like, you know, like hot casing, you know, Gardner Johnson from the, looks like he's played with the Lions. His pack, he, he's on IR as well. So it seems like that injury bug is, is, is hitting everybody. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick went to the hospital yesterday. Um, for precautionary reasons, everything that I'm hearing based off my Thomas press conference this afternoon, uh, all signs that he's going to be able to go uh, on a show if he do have to turn around and play Sunday night. But, TP, I wanted to start with you, sir. Um, any of these injuries that you wanted to kind of touch base on um, and kind of, you know, speak your mind on, and then we'll, we'll press on and start looking at the rest of these games. Um, Sports City... It's about to get frisky in here. Um, serious. All of the things that you just named, other than Minka and CJ, that's the funny part that me and you are tied together on that part, right? Our safeties are in trouble, right? But um, all of the other people that you mentioned, what do they have in common? Do you know what they have in common? Hamstrings? They're all running backs. All of the running backs are injured, right? And there was a link that I read today and yesterday, but more of I read of it today, that they think running backs are faking injuries because they're being lowballed mm-hmm. with the money. So now mm-hmm. this has turned into a serious situation because me, being a Lion fan, I watched that game from start to finish, right? If you didn't, well, you didn't mention his name, but David Montgomery got injured. He said yeah. himself that he was going to be out for several weeks. Then – Campbell came out and said he's day-to-day. He has a thigh bruise, right, which I'm not downplaying it. That could hurt. I never had it. I don't know the experience of the situation. 
But I seen the play that he got hurt serious. It was a screen pass, right? He shakes the right. shoes out the dude, right? Like dude up there on the sideline, he shakes the sh- crap out of him. But the dude caught his foot. He's holding on to Dave's foot. Dave looking around, ain't nobody there to get him. He did like a spin move while the guy has his foot. He got another yard and just fell to the ground. Nobody hit him. He didn't hit the ground hard or anything, but he's laying on the turf, rocking and rolling, rolling and rocking. Goes to the sideline, he's rubbing that thigh area and trying to get it right and just went to the back. Now, it's like, you didn't take a severe hit for it to be week long, weeks long of an injury. And now, Jamal mm-hmm. Williams' situation out there, Saquon's situation looked different. Saquon did look like a role, unless he, if he's faking that, that's even worse because I feel like they could be overloading Saquon. And that's, I always say this for the past four or five years of what the Giants were doing to Saquon, like injury after injury after injury, he's been the savior. Well, not, not savior, but been the only one that's been positive on the offensive side of the ball for the Giants consistently while he's healthy. So, um, all of the other running backs that are popping up on the list. It's like this is what these organizations set these running backs up going into the summer and going into this season on saying, well, you ain't worth it. They told Jonathan Taylor he's not worth it. Now everybody needs Jonathan Taylor right now. Do the Colts get to sit there and sit on him until they're ready to get him off of the, the list and, and put him back on the field? So this is this is deep all across the board on what uh, majority of these, these needy, needful, let me not call them needy because that's, makes it put it on the face of the running back. I want to put it on the face of the organization. What they need for towards these running backs, these run, running backs are needed. They're showing that the running game is needed, uh, even though this has turned into a heavily passing league. Look at the Browns. Seriously, you, you, my little brother, we go at it day after day, show after show. But the Browns could have won if Chubb was playing. If Nick Chubb was playing, he didn't help take the ball out of Deshaun Watson's hands. I feel like they could have took that game over. But once mm-hmm. once it turned one dimensional and it was all Deshaun Watson, the the Steelers exposed the heck out of him. Game over. Deshaun Watson is not worth two hundred thirty, but that's a whole other discussion. But that's where I'm at right now with the majority of the injuries that's going across the league. Majority of them are running backs, and they're trying to sit out for time. Like it ain't just one of these week long situations. They're trying to let these organizations know we we worth more than a penny that y'all trying to give us. Yeah, actually, I, I agree with what you're saying there, and it's something that um, I wanted to talk about, you know, with the collective when they got in. Um, but I, I, I did see the report, um, and I kind of felt some type of way about it. But before I get my my position on, on it, you know, my my co-host decided, to, you know, you know, come and join me, man. He he he, he put the law homies to bed and. You know, got all his, you know, his stuff in the row, man. Villain, what's going on, my guy? How we doing, sir? What's up, fellas? What's up, TP? What's up, serious man? Uh, sorry about that. I had to take care of some stuff. You know, have a long talk with the my son. You know, back to school night and you know football practice and everything. So we here, we grinding. Ready to cook? Let's cook. Parenting, parenting one on one at its finest. And before. And before I get moving, Mr. Harvey's in the building, man. Mr. Harvey, how we doing this evening, sir? Man, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm 2 and 0, so uh, better to win, ugly to lose, pretty. Let's cook, fellas. Just awesome, awesome. Well, you heard what TP said, you know, speaking about the running backs um, and uh, the NFLPA suggesting that the running backs quote-unquote fake injuries 
um, stuff like that. And, again, TP alluded to it that the the running backs that are, are popping up injured more uh, often than not. But, Dylan, I wanted to come to you, man. Saquon is your boy. You know, we heard reports that it'd be three weeks, and then now your man Dable saying he's a fast hitter. Hallelujah. He may end up playing on, on, on Thursday versus the 49ers. Talk to me, man. Give me give me the lay of the land about this running back situation and any of the injuries that took place over the weekend. Um, obviously, Nick Chubb is, is the big one, but any of these other injuries that took place over the weekend that kind of caught your attention. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Montgomery because I heard uh, what TP said about a thigh injury. I had one, right? TP, remember, I had one sophomore year, and I was in the hospital. <laughs> you know, like I had a really deep thigh bruise that got infected, and I had like a, I had a knot on my leg, like the size of a fist. So, like, it could get, it could be really, it could be really mild, or it could be a really deep, like, like to the bone thigh bruise I had like really bad. So I, you know, I, you got to exercise that caution. Do I think he might want to, you know, sit out a week or two extra or like any of these running backs? I hope not, man. I really hope that they wouldn't do that, but it's, it's tough because the running back position, like we've talked about has been so devalued. Right. Um, and they don't get paid as much. And this is why, right? Because they get hurt right? They they don't hold value for a long period of time or throughout their whole contract. So it's like that double-edged sword. They're important, but then like they don't, you give them the money and then they get hurt like Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, they don't live up to the contract. So it's kind of tough, right? But as far as um, Nick Chubb go, I mean, prayers up, man. I, I really hope, um, I hope his career is not over. It was really sad to see, really horrific to see. So um, prayers up to Nick Chubb. He, you know, he suffered that injury at Georgia, um, and, and now he suffered it again. Um, so I hope, I hope, you know, I just, I just hope everything's okay with him. But as far as Barkley goes, um, you know, it looks like a pretty severe roll up. You know, he has come back pretty quickly. I hope he doesn't come back for the San Francisco game. I would rather not rush him back for three days um, if there's a chance to to kind of just hold him back and get him all the way healthy in a week or two. So I, I hope he doesn't play. I wouldn't be surprised um, if he does, but, like, really, I there's no way I would have him on the field. Yeah. Um, um, wait, 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 Barry. Do me a favor. Go look at the yeah. David Montgomery hit or, or the tackle or there is on YouTube, and then mm-hmm. you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, yours is mm-hmm. in the, the fray of the trenches. He literally fell yeah. like on his own will. Wait, wait till you see the play that he supposedly, uh, okay. you know, got week long of an injury. Just wait till you see the play. Just look at the play. Okay. Please. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a look. Yeah. I'm looking at it now on YouTube. It, it does look kind of interesting to say the least. Uh, one more shot <laughs> to get in the building. Uh, the new grandfather himself, you know, the 49er fan, breaking news, he was in the building. Man, how we doing, sir? Yay! Oh, How you doing? Right. There he is. There he is. There he is. What is good, boys? Another uh, week of NFL action in the books. And uh, yes, yes, I am a a grandfather. We got a we got a mini chef that'll be cooking before you know it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just uh, just blessed to uh, to be here with you guys uh, t- 
talking talking NFL action uh, week two. Congratulations, congratulations. You heard Appreciate the conversation you, at hand. You heard the conversation at hand, sir. Uh, these injuries are starting to pile up like 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 blocks. Um, and then TP kind of spiced it up a little bit, speaking about an article that is being floated around by the NFLPA, suggesting that these running backs, uh, primarily the running backs, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure others are probably thinking about it or and or doing it, uh, some will fake these injuries, so to speak. So I wanted to get your position on it, um, and then I'm going to push it to Mr. Harvey and then press on. Well, I'm going to keep it pretty short and, 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 and to the point serious. They have been talking about injury concerns for a lot of years, and I'm a huge proponent that you can't go non-contact in the offseason, which they did, started doing, as you boys know, several years ago, and really prepare your body for the rigors of the season. So early on in the year, I mean, the Niners have literally been the most injured team over the course of the last five or six years um, to the point where – we ran out of quarterbacks in the NFC championship game last year. So I am very familiar with the injury bug. I know that there's a rule that's supposed to be voted on at the, uh, the players association is putting it forward to the, the uh, NFL owners association that they're, they're trying to basically get all fields to be grass instead of turf. Um, I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with that. But um, unfortunately, man, injuries are a part of the game. But I will tell you, everybody does want to devalue the running back. But it is funny because you're willing to spend $25 million a year on a wide receiver that will touch the ball five times a game, but you won't pay the running back who touches the ball 25 times a game um, a comparable salary, right? And I'm not saying, listen, I understand each position has their own value, but I'm just saying, you know, everybody balked at the fact that, you know, the Niners gave Christian McCaffrey the money they did. But without Christian McCaffrey, the offense looks totally different. So without Nick Chubb, that offense looks totally different. Regardless of what you think of the Giants, you can ask Barry. Without Saquon Barkley, that offense looks totally different. So – you know, people people can say, hey, devalue the running back. We'll just bring somebody else new. And, yeah, well, as, as, many, as many success stories as we've seen in the first or second round or even third round for running backs, I can tell you just as many that have, have literally flamed out and are out of the league. So uh, if you get an ultra-successful back, a guy that's con- consistently giving you 1,000 yards a year, they should be compensated, bar none. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's that simple. It, it, it's a valuable position, and other than the quarterback, it touches the ball probably more times than anyone else on the field. Yeah, I absolutely respect exactly what you said there, and you, and you mentioned something that I wanted to double-click on, that Mr. Harvey, I'm going to come to you next. Um, it, 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 it's about production. It, 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 it's about the value that, um, you know, an individual kind of has on his individual team. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think these, these backs need to be paid, especially the bell cow ones that have been, you know, the cornerstone essential, you know, I guess rhyme or reason for the offense. Like the offense is built around, you know, some of these guys, hell, Saquon Barkley, the offense is built around this guy. <laughs> um, like there, there, there is nobody else. 
you know, missing with that Daniel Jones nonsense, and we'll probably talk about that uh, later on. But I wanted to give Mr. Harvey an opportunity to talk um, about this running back situation and the injuries that, that you know, kind of took place over the weekend. Um, he's one of the, Harvey talked about Jamal Williams, how the impact of that um, as you prepare for your week three matchup. Um, you mentioned something in the chat, so definitely bring it out here. But um, obviously, talk to me about how this running back position and what was going on with his injuries. It seems crazy that so many are getting hurt just two weeks in uh, to the season. As far as Jamal Williams, I mean, hamstring thing, uh, you know, he's been there from the beginning too. So uh, it's not like this is late to camp and all this. I can understand the hesitancy to give long-term, multi-year contracts to running backs, especially looking at, I mean, you're a play away. Look at, you know, what just happened with Nick Chubb. However, uh, this average annual salary needs to be way better. Uh, owners and people need to do better by these running backs. Uh, and honestly, uh, there should be multiple-year deals, though. Um, and, you know, maybe somehow a team can recover some insurance or recover some, get some salary cap relief if a guy is unable to produce. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if this is something that was kind of planned by some of these guys, could this have been cooked up at this running back meeting? I don't know, but it, it seems – it seems very, very, very fishy. As far as the Saints go, uh, you know, Kamara's out one more game. Uh, Kendra Miller, the rookie from TCU, uh, injury. <laughs> uh, he's coming off injury, got back healthy, played some of the preseason, now nursing another injury. So, uh, you know, they, he was questionable this week, so they were hoping to get him back this weekend. Uh, that didn't happen. And so you hope to get him back this week. Other than that, you got you know Tony Jones who played a little bit this past weekend, uh, so he would probably play some running back. But I think you're going to see Taysom Hill handle a lot of the running back duties for the Saints this weekend, uh, probably on a lot of pitches and things like that because he hasn't really done a lot of uh, handoffs like traditional, like you know tailback, first man through, put the ball in the pocket, hold it high and tight, and take off kind of thing. So. You know, maybe they spend some practices this week really working with him on how to take handoffs. But, uh, you know, I think they'll get it to him on pitches and things like that where he can just kind of catch it and go. Uh, but, I, you know, I, you just got to kind of piece it together. And it, it sucks that it's happening to so many, many teams. It's like it's the war of attrition, man, at the running back position. And it, it's mighty funny for – owners and general managers and people to undervalue the position the way they have. It's amazing how much people are scrambling right now. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's interesting. And you, you mentioned, you know, Taysom Hill, the, the Swiss Army knife that the Saints have. Um, I wonder what they're going to do. Uh, one of the things that I saw in Greenwood, I, I'll come to you here in a second, sir. Um, one of the things I saw you know, today with the whole Kareem Hunt, uh, again, Nick Chubb thing with Kareem Hunt, is it, popped back up at Cleveland Browns training camp, um, Cleveland Browns building, you know, giving him a look. And I, I feel some type of way about that. I'm going to come back to my point here in a second. But Mr. Controversy himself is in the building, um, trying to see what's going on with these injuries to these, to these running backs and, and, and other major players. 
uh, to these teams, man. Talk to me about it, man. It's week two, and you know we got Nick Chubb's injury. We got uh, we got a lot of running backs. Saquon's injured. You know, it, 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 it's a mess out there. Talk to me, man. So um, it, if this is a strategy, and I don't really believe it is, um, it's a bad one on the part of the um, of what's just called the high-priced running backs in the league. Um, because it's not increasing their value to have them get injured um, season after season after season. And that's why their value is so low to begin with, is because longevity at the position just isn't there. Um, running backs have the shortest shelf life of any position, and that's why they're paying wide receivers so much more is because wide receivers can play till 32, 33, if they're really good 35. Like, I mean, Adam Thielen's still in the league, and he's in his low, uh, low almost mid-30s um, and still starting as a wide receiver. Meanwhile, if you find a 33-year-old running back, it's an anomaly, especially if you want them to be productive. So, um, but, and, and it's just the way the league is going now, and they might – uh, if um, and it's just next man up, and we're seeing these guys who are third, fourth, fifth round guys come in and still be somewhat productive. Um, meanwhile, the Lions are playing Jameer, paying Jameer Gibbs all this money of a 12th overall pick, and um, not seeing the same dividends that. Um, that the Rams are for uh, for Caron uh, uh, John or Caron. Um, I'm I, I'm sorry. Um, the running back who took over for Cam Akers. Um, healthy scratch, by the way. Caron um, Williams. Caron Williams. Yeah. Williams. That's it. Caron Williams. Yeah. Um. So there's always going to be another guy to step into that running back position yeah, okay. because there's only so many positions and positions in the NFL. Yeah, but that's what Brian is yeah. hitting on though. But Brian but Brian is telling you that's why the running back shouldn't be paid low. If if big name running backs are getting knocked out, that should show the importance of it because look look at Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is out. Cleveland's whole offensive scheme went to crap. With the crap. Yeah, but... the, the, Rams, the Rams are looking to get rid of Cam Akers right now. Kyron Williams is not the bell cow running back. They just are fortunate that Matt Stafford wants to throw the crap out of the ball. They they are actually productive because they pass the ball. If they had a running game, I feel like that will help the Rams out because the Rams are doing better than people expected. But it ain't the run game that's keeping them there. Stafford is actually playing better than he used to. Those are the separate but situations. TP, that but, TP, if you're an organization, why would you pay more – for a positional player that's not going to live up to the contract. They're not going to be able to fulfill the contract. As a running yeah, back, that, I would that, want to maximize my value and get as much money, especially up front, as I possibly can. Like, if I'm a running back, I don't want to be sitting in college for three years. I want to come out when I want to come out to get that, to get that money as soon as possible because by 28, I'm out of the league. I, I get that, but as an organization – they're not paying these guys because they not they can't survive the cuts because of these injuries. You know what I mean? It's like it's a catch twenty two that's totally unfair. 
Right. No, I, I get I get what you're saying, but look look at what you're saying. If their shelf life is a four to five year span, let's say that, right? But how much they mean to the team, exhibit A, your big blue, aka the Giants. Look at what they look like every time Saquon go down. The Giants get hurt. They look bad. When Saquon's healthy, the Giants went to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs. There is a need for that running back position, whether they like it or not. The next man up, who's the next man up to carry the bell for the Giants? And without Saquon, they played the, the Niners this Thursday. The next game after that, they got a tough game. The, I think they have one break in the schedule against the Seahawks, and that's not an easy game. They, the Giants could come out this thing like one and five out of the next, the first six games. And knowing that they need Saquon to go into battle because I'm not giving the Giants no credit for what they did to the Cardinals. You can miss me with that because I know the Cardinals are trying to lose on purpose. They, they, if, if the Cardinals wanted to win that game, they could have won that game, and they could have won that off of James Conner, and they did and they started passing the ball instead of running the clock out. And exhibit it, here we go with the running back. They, they took the running back out of the game. It, it put it into the hands of Dobbs, and Dobbs ain't been there for four weeks. Come, let, let's be real now. Let's be real. Hey, serious. Yeah, talking serious. Let, let me let me just ask ask the group one one question, and I think everybody think will get I'm... this right. What what do you think? What is the most important commodity in the NFL? If you think of what the NFL has as a commodity, we all know that star players are important, but you got a huge contract. So what is the most important commodity that you can have in the NFL? Position-wise? No, no, not position-wise. What is the most important commodity you can have? This isn't a trick question. I'll just go ahead and say it. It's draft capital. It's getting, it's getting a guy like a Brock Purdy that's making less than a million dollars a year so that you can pay other guys. It's getting a Jameer Gibbs or a Bijan Robinson and they're making next to peanuts compared to the other guys similar skill set wise at their position. So I only say that to say this. It's very easy to say, hey, you know what? Um running backs are only good for four or five years and then after that, um it's not, you know, it's not worth paying them or whatever. If that was truly the case, if the running back position was truly devalued and really didn't matter and you could stick, you know, any Tom, Dick, or Harry back there, I promise you teams wouldn't be drafting running backs in the first round. I promise you two running backs wouldn't win the top 15. And anybody that thinks that running backs aren't valuable, go watch Atlanta. There's a reason they're 2 0 and it's because of B. John Robinson. That is why they're 2 0 period. But you I know what? It's that, funny you uh, mentioned that, that Cordell Patterson wasn't a slouch in that exact same system and in that exact same position last year, and he was not a first-round pick. He was a discarded wide receiver that was able Actually, to that was able to, to make Patterson's it work. Draft status. Go back and check Cordell Patterson's draft status. Well, I mean, but the, the Atlanta Falcons didn't pay that draft draft capital. That was a free agency acquisition. No, but the, no, but the point is. You made a point about what his draft status was. No, he was actually a top pick. So he does have that athleticism. He does have that talent. When he came out of Tennessee, he was a baller. And you know what? He just took a little bit longer to develop. Now, I know you're not trying to compare Bijan and Cordell. Cordell did a great job. Cordell is a Swiss Army knife. But Cordell is not 
Bijan Robinson. Bijan oh, is sure, probably faster not, but... than Cordell and weighs an extra 35 pounds. And as twitchy as Cordell was, because he was a punt returner coming out of Tennessee as well as a, a wide receiver, and to be honest, he was probably a more accomplished punt returner. Uh, Bijan Robinson is probably the most polished back that has come out since, you could say Saquon, but I'm going to go Adrian Peterson. I think he has that type of feeling. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, and that is, but that is why he went so high in the draft capital. It's not because running backs are suddenly valuable. It's because if you get a unicorn, you draft a unicorn. And heck, if this if, so, if it so was comparable, if it was comparable though, like even like, and I'm I'm gonna say this, even offensive guards who are unicorns get picked in the top ten. Like, Understandable, you know what? Offensive guards, there's offensive guards that are paid. James, there's offensive guards in this league that are paid more than running backs. Sure. There's offensive yeah. guards making fifteen plus million dollars a year. So no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, but let's you use your unicorn analogy. You've been on this earth 30-plus years. How many times have you seen a unicorn? None. That's why they call it a unicorn, right? How many, how many people got drafted in the top 15 that was a running back this year in the draft? Two. That's not a unicorn. Uh, I mean, Bijan is a unicorn. Uh, Jameer might be a unicorn. I'm like, because, I mean, let's just, uh, sometimes you get two unicorns in one draft. Like, look at the quarterback position, for example. Um, you had – it's not always the case. Actually, more often than not, it's not. But there have been times when you've seen two guys both um, – heck, Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers are borderline Hall of Fame guys. They're not unicorns, but they're, they're both highly thought of um, quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah, but so it's not like you can't you can't find two different guys who are um, top tier um, top tier style guys, and that they both can't be in in one uh, one draft class. And if you look at the three years before that, you would I think you would struggle to find more than one or two running backs that went um, even in the first round, let alone in the top 10 or 12. But, but honestly, so the, to but bring the, up full the, circle, the thing though. of the position is that the, – the, the thing of the position is that the reason why they're not getting drafted high and the reason why they're not getting paid is for this reason. They either hit the wall, and it used to be 30. Now it's getting closer to 28. They're hitting this wall where they're not as productive as the younger guys at the position, and they need to find basically the world of the NFL revolves around the quarterback position now. They are the highest paid, and they are given the most support possible because of how um, how a successful quarterback, with the exception of the Atlanta Falcons, that at least thus far, but I don't think this is a deep playoff run team. What it means to win a Super Bowl for the quarterback position to be successful, it incentivizes the teams in the league to support it as much as possible. And 
the the metrics show that the running back is not that position. Well, let me ask you this question. If we use your uh, unicorn analogy and and we, we pay respect to the running backs that have put in the work, put in the time, and has ran into brick walls, why wouldn't you reward them with compensation befitting their position? These are the co- these, these aren't the these aren't the quarter Patterson's though. Now, I mean, these aren't the quarter Patterson's though. These aren't the Chase and Hill type of you know makeshift Swiss Army knife type of guys. I mean, you're, you're looking at Saquon Barkley, whose whose whole team builds an offense around them. You're looking at a guy like you know uh, uh, Austin Eckler, who literally is, I would say, the backbone, but literally the team doesn't play well without him. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, why, why would you run the risk of not taking care of these guys when they have taken care of you? Um, so the it's, it's all about uh, future returns as opposed to present returns, and I'm not saying that there's not guys in the league that the teams would be sorefully missing, and those are the guys who – got paid, right? Austin Eckler got paid. Christian McCaffrey got paid because the, because of their effect on the offense and, honestly, um, because of their effect on uh, the support of the quarterback position. Um, Brock Purdy is fine without Christian McCaffrey, but he's better with him. Um, same thing with um, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler makes Justin Herbert better not true for all the running backs in the league there's a we're talking about top 10 percent even even better than top 10 percent top five percent of guys that are at the level of which teams want to pay them every other guy in the league is incredibly expendable whereas the quarterback position you are seeing daniel jones and I don't want to use Daniel Jones as an example, but he's the most recent guy who's mid, maybe slightly above mid, and getting banked, getting top 10 quarterback salaries just because his contract's up. What does mid mean? What, what does mid mean? Mid means like middle, middle of the road. Middle of the road, like just – not good, not terrible. He just but just a regular dude. Yeah. Listen, I, like, I know what mid means. I'm, listen, I know what mid means. I'm from the hood. I'm being funny. He just he, he just wants but, barely but he, to but he, <laughs> What's that? I said he just wanted he just wanted Barry to hear you explain it. That's all. Yeah, I, I mean, like at this point, at, at this point, it's a moot argument. It's ridiculous, but like, it's the point is the quarterback position is the most important position. You can win without a star running back. You cannot win without a star quarterback. That's just the fact. Uh, hold, and hold the, on, the hold second on, most Barry. important, huh? Is Brock Purdy a star? Did, did Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl? No, not yet. I mean, he did get oh, injured, okay. but all the so, games he started, he has won. Who? Who? But did but did, did Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl? Uh-oh. I mean, you could literally afford forty Brock Purdies for what you're paying for Breaking Daniel Jones. Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> yes or no question? 
Uh-oh. No, he, he didn't win a Super Bowl win? because he didn't get the opportunity. His elbow was hanging off to the side. Okay, so he didn't win the Super Bowl. Did, so, did, did Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl? Yeah, he, he has. He won, so that means, general, yeah. by your logic, by your logic, that no, means it, no, Joe Burrow hey, is bomb, listen, Lamar Jackson listen, is bomb. Listen, okay, all right. So you just, wait, okay. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You just answered my question. Because you said Brock Purdy won every game that he started, right? When he didn't win, when he got hurt, did they win? No, he didn't. They didn't. There you go. You can't win without a starter. You can't can't win without a quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback. And and the second most important position on the the offense is left tackle. That's why they get banked. The third most important position on a football team is like your defensive end or defensive t- tackle because they get after I've the seen quarterback. Also. That, that, yeah, that, that's the but that's the facts, right? That's the facts. Like these guys, like Andrew Thomas, is probably the the least the least talked about person on the Giants, right? On, especially on offense, he got back this season because he, it's, an, it's an important position. They're hard to find. Offensive linemen, I always say, any offensive lineman that hits free agency isn't that good because no team lets an offensive lineman hit free agency. They pay them, and they keep them if they're good. Like running back, I love Saquon Barkley. I love my running back. The Giants, if they they didn't have him, their their fortunes don't change. We didn't win with them. We don't win without him. Like, it doesn't change. The quarterback makes a difference. But listen, by your logic, by your logic, you paid upper echelon for the quarterback. You paid upper echelon for the left tackle, the two most important positions on the field, according mm-hmm. to you. And what results has that yielded? I mean, what have they yielded if they didn't do that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it, it wouldn't be any different. Brother, they gave up 40 points in game one and scored zero. Like, it would have been different. You could have put a Pop Warner team out there, and it would have been different. But, I mean, look at the the Jets. Look at the Jets. They lost their franchise quarterback. They don't have a shot in hell to get to to the Super Bowl. They barely might make the playoffs. Look at at what's going on in Cincinnati. If, if, If... Burrow's not healthy, and he doesn't get it together. Like, if he's not on the field, that mm-hmm. Bengals team doesn't make it. Like, I, But my question to you is, my question to you is, Barry, why is it that the Jets that have a bum at quarterback that just lost their franchise quarterback, you're saying they may not have a chance to make the playoffs? Because the reality mm-hmm. is anyone that makes the playoffs has a chance to make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But do you think you they have a the better chance to make the Super Bowl than you think no, they, you they have a, sh- a shot in hell to make the to beat the Dolphins right now? Look at look at the I Dolphins. Mean, the Dolphins were eight and three with Tua healthy. When Tua got hurt, they didn't make the playoffs. Tua's I'm not back saying this you're year. Not they're wrong. the best offense in the league. Like I'm not saying you're not wrong, back? but also who who when you watch the Dolphins game against the Chargers. The Chargers ran mm-hmm. for over 230 yards against them. So what's the and game lost. plan if you have if you have a horrendous and quarterback? Lost. 
and you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely that's right. But you know what? Coaching. That's because that, of the Chargers' defense, not because of the offense. That's, well, that's because that's of coaching. Brandon Staley, the defensive guru, and he can't. Listen. He hasn't figured out how to fix that defense hey. since he's guided to San Diego. I mean, uh, San Diego. I, <laughs> who, who's uh, uh, Tannehill since San Diego, right? Listen. Like, since he got to the Los Angeles. I'm with you. Listen, I'm with you. He needs to be fired. That guy needs to be fired, Hughes. You know what? Hey, we haven't we haven't hit that segment yet, but you're absolutely right. I, it's mind blowing that a team could average 30 points a game and over 400 yards in offense and be 0 and 2. Like mind boggling. But I'm just saying, when you look at the Dolphins, when you look at the Dolphins, they got gashed against the run. I'm not saying it's a path to success, but why is it? In the playoffs, when the temperatures drop, everybody always talks about defense and running the ball. Why is it that right. the Niners Absolutely. were able to make it? Why is it that the Niners were able to make it to the NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings with Garoppolo only throwing the ball eight times if the quarterback is the most important position on the field? But it didn't win them a Super Bowl. You know, you're just like the Giants won the Super Bowl honestly, with Eli Manning, right? Do you honestly, do, listen, you've, been, you've been watching football a long time. You are you telling me you honestly believe the best team wins the Super Bowl every year, or the team that gets the hottest at the right time? No, I, I mean I, I got two Super Bowls to prove that the team that gets the hottest wins. They weren't the best. The Giants Correct. weren't the best team. That's, it's, it's listen, season, that's all but I'm they saying. also didn't have the best running back in 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 those games. They also didn't have the best quarterback or the best left tackle. You know what they had? They, they had, had the, the best team. One, right? They had the best they team. The best exactly. Listen, well, I'm going mean, to leave you guys with one last thought here. I'm going to leave you with one last thought, and then I'll, I'll let you guys hash it out. Jonathan Taylor, everybody thinks it's always over the hill past their prime backs. Jonathan Taylor and and Josh Jacobs, both guys ran for over fifteen hundred yards. Neither one of their teams want to pay them. Neither one of the neither one of the the teams will allow them to seek a trade somewhere else because they want them. They just don't want to pay them. They're not going to allow them. You can't have success in the league. Then why wouldn't they want to pay them? It's because of the nature of the position, and because you have some some ownership group that are cheap. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That that makes tons of sense. Well, gentlemen, I'm 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 I'm, I'm leave this right here, man. Uh, again, this this was an appetizer. This was the appetizer. The rest of the show is going to be bananas. But before we press on, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, PHR Apparel. Let's pay some bills. We'll be right back. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's PHI Apparel. .co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Shout out to PHI Para for sponsoring this show and the rest of the show is going to, of course, be the Chef the Network. 
Uh, call the number is 929 477 2759. Lots of motor here with Sports City Chef. Um, I wanted to change gears a little bit, gentlemen, and kind of talk about um, what's went on this past week around the NFL, man. Like I said, there was a lot that went on, and I wanted to give each of you guys an opportunity to talk about it. Dylan, I, I, I'm going to come to you first, sir. Um, the New York Giants poured off the unthinkable and found some offense in the second half and managed to score some points enough to beat the, the tanking Cardinals. Tell me what you saw from that ball game, sir. I mean, you know, I, I heard what CP said, and a lot of people are kind of saying that they're not impressed with um, beating the Cardinals. They should have never gotten that position, I agree. Um, but a win is a win in the NFL, just like Coach Tomlin said last night, right? Like, I'm not going to apologize for a win. Um, you know, they they were – I wrote the article that they were 0-60, in, in right, coming into six, the first six quarters of football, and their backs were against the wall. Their season was on the line in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and they, they had a supreme gut check and, and had the biggest comeback in team history. I mean – you know what I mean? Like you, you, you gotta give them a little credit for having a gut check. You gotta give them, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, wet willy or noogie or whatever you want to call it, but for have, being down twenty to nothing and being down twenty eight to seven to a team that, you know, you should be losing to. It's hard to win in the NFL. I, you know, some teams make it look easy. It ain't easy, right? So, um. You know, Daniel Jones stepped up. He he had one of the best um, halves of football that, you know, a lot of people haven't seen. You know, over 250 yards passing, 50 yards rushing, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Um, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that have done that in the game, and he did it in half. You got to give him credit for that. I don't care who you do it against, right? So um, it, was a, it was a big win because you don't want to go 0-2 and, and go in to see Hughes' team, right? The breaking news is uh, 49ers team in San Francisco. So, um, you know, it was a must win, and, and they, they pulled it together. But they need to play a full, you know, four quarters of football for my taste. But a win is a win. Can I, can I respond to that, yeah. please? Can I respond to that, please? Can I respond to that, please? Please, can talk I respond him, to talk that? Miss um, me with all of that. Um, I could care less on what second half he had. That offense moved because he was scrambling. He was not going crazy in the passing game. And one with that Cardinals team, the they game? were trying to lose. Hold on, hold on. I'll let you speak. I'll let you speak. I'll let you watch the game. I'll let you. I watched that game in full. I watched that game in full capacity. And the crazy part about it is the Cardinals are trying to lose. I could call people that I was watching that game with, and I said, the Giants are going to win the game. You were included in the text when I was saying the Giants are going to rally. I could screenshot it. Yeah, I muted that. I muted that conversation. I'm, I'm that's fine, that but that's fine. I'm telling, I'm telling you the whole truth on the show. I can tell you the truth. The Cardinals was not trying to win that game. Ain't no way they're going to start. Dobbs was passing the ball. They up three possessions at home, and Connor was barely moving the ball, but was moving the ball against the Giants' defense. That's putrid. That's putrid. The crazy part about that win was that that, I, that made the Giants look like they look like something. They are going to get killed in San Francisco. That they, they, You said to give them credit for that win. Miss me with that. You guys pulled that win off. A win is a win. I love the slogan, but that game don't measure crap. The Giants are bad. They are bad, and you know it. I, and, and for that, that comeback against the Cardinals, that, that don't count. That that was a scrimmage. That was a scrimmage. They were um, 
Whoever right, wants so to I be the coach the Giants, are 0 and, the Giants are 0 and 2 going into San Francisco. No, they want to 1. They want to 1. They want to 1. They want to 1. They're 0 and 2. Because they fine, 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 scrambled for fine, 251. If you want to call it 0 and 2, if you want to call it 0 and 2, if you want to call it 0 and 2, if you want to call it 0 and 2, then 0 and 2 is if you want. It's 0 and 2. They don't deserve to win that game. At the end of the day, the Cardinals at the end of the day, the Giants won. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to cut you off the next time you start talking like that. That's what I'm going to start doing after okay. you. And the second part about this is that Cardinals team was not trying to win that game. Ain't no way. Who, who's going to start passing? They have three possessions in a, in a half. Who, who's passing? With a quarterback that barely know the offense. That, that's, that's ABC, bro. Like, that's ABC. Why are we passing with, with a no-name uh, receiver core and, and Hollywood Brown getting penalty after penalty, like senseless penalties? Senseless penalties. This is Hollywood Brown. He don't want to be there. He just got arrested the other day in Arizona. He don't want to be there. Arizona is, is crap. It, it, that was a, to me, that was a crappy game, to be honest. That, that just gave all the New Yorkers hope. Like I said, the first six games, the Giants would be lucky to pull out their second win. Tell me if y'all, if the Seahawks is the one that y'all might get. I think y'all got the Chiefs. Y'all got the Niners. Y'all got the Eagles. Like, it gets disgusting for y'all. You think that Cardinals game going to measure out to be something big for y'all? Yeah, pull up the Giants schedule and look at their next four or five games. Watch this. The one that they got that look okay is the Seahawks, I think, is in New Jersey. Other than that, they on the road against um, playoff teams. Why? Right, give me 20 so, seconds. I'll pull this no up. problem. I, I can keep on rolling. We can talk I about saw, that game yo, in depth. No, no, we good. No, 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 no. They, they, got, they got the Niners, Seahawks, Dolphins. Holy crap. Bills, Commanders. So they, they, they got this Commanders, Jets, Raiders coupling right in here. They got a three-week sale, and they got the Commanders, Jets, Raiders. Then they got the Cowboys, Commanders again, Patriots, Packers, Saints, Eagles, Rams, Eagles. This schedule is ridiculously hey, tough for them. Hey, yo, that's bonkers. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it a whole bean. I'm going to keep it a whole bean. When I looked at, you know, divisions or whatever case it be, I looked at the schedule, which is why I picked the New York Giants to not only miss the playoffs but finish last in the division. But that's another conversation another day. This, 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 this schedule is not looking good for the Giants. But, again, this ain't the Giants conversation, so I, I keep it pushing. Barry, you want to respond? Respond to what? Anything TP alluded to or the schedule or anything like alluded that? Alluded to? Like, he, he just, like, poo-pooed a win. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, it's a win. So freaking what? Like, you like you know, like, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It should not have been Giants, in position. The Giants, are, the Giants lost. The Giants lost in Arizona. No, they won. They lost that what, game. What, they, the what, what went wrong game. in the first half? Tell me, tell me what went wrong in the first half for the Giants. That they have to play the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Commanders. Because that was your argument. What went wrong in the first half? Not, 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 nothing, nothing that happened in the no. game. I said the Cardinals they, blew the game on purpose. I, they started passing in the second half, and they were up 28-7. to seven. Who cares? That's not my who problem. Is, this is, this is it's not my this problem the that they don't know how to win a game. 
It's not You're my problem that the rookie the head coach That's the doesn't point. know how to win a game. It's not my problem. We won the game. You said who cares I, about I, the point? Dude, it's not, my, it's not my fault a rookie head coach doesn't know how to protect the lead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just said who cares? You said, okay, I said the schedule how they're going to look in the future. But right now, in comparison to but the yeah, game, that's, that's because, the yeah, game was that, killing that, that was your argument. Listen, that's listen, why they listen, lost the game. Listen, Joshua Dobbs scored a 30-yard run or, or, up the middle. Up the, the run game was killing y'all. They, he was beating y'all off the ground. He wasn't, he wasn't going up top beating y'all like that. They, he was, they were killing you on the ground. Connor yes, was he the was. Did, were you watching the game? Yes, I watched yeah, the whole yeah. game. Joshua Dobbs in the first half was throwing the ball over the all over the place. They should have had points on the first drive, but he overthrew uh, Zach Ertz near the end zone. I, I okay, I, whatever. They lost that game. They lost. Fine, we lost. I'm serious. Talk to me. All right, man. I'm gonna make it short and sweet. I'm I'm gonna split the difference between uh, between Rocky and Tyson here. So uh, the team that we saw in the second half, the the Giants team we saw in the second half, I think is probably what most Giants fans expected to see at the beginning of the year. Um, There's a couple things that still alarm me about this team. They generate no pass rush, which I know if Barry wasn't upset, he'd tell you the same thing. Like, you can't be a, a championship caliber team. You can't be a playoff team if you cannot orchestrate or you cannot uh, put the opposing quarterback under any kind of pressure whatsoever. Um, The other thing that was alarming to me is, and this is just my opinion, the two biggest things for me is I feel like the Giants fan base was just as equally responsible for that victory as the Giants because if you look at the last two possessions in the fourth quarter, there was there was multiple false start by the center and the offensive guard for for uh, the Cardinals when the Giants were still down, and I'm talking like four four and a half minutes left to go in the game. I mean, we're talking four minute offense series, multiple false starts which allowed the Giants to get the ball back. And, and I and I totally get it. Listen, bad teams find bad ways to lose bad games, but. The point that I did want to make about the Giants and specifically about Saquon, um, since we were talking about it earlier, Barry, is that that comeback doesn't happen without Saquon. Saquon uh, accounted for two two of the four touchdowns that were scored in the second half, and he had many, many critical catches and, I mean, obviously the one that scored, and runs in that second half. And I think he basically – I, I know that the, the, the 58-yarder to Hyatt was what really got the third quarter going, but I think without Barkley, I, I really do think they are going to be missing their spark plug. And with the defense not able to get a ton of pressure on Dobbs, um, I just wor- worry when you're playing against – forget the Niners. When you're playing against teams like Kansas City, Miami, the Bills, if you don't put pressure on Tua, you don't put pressure on, on Allen – um, you're going to have a long day. So it was a W. You can't take the W away. They're one and one. I said before the game started, everybody thought I was crazy, but I said, look, I go, they're tanking for Caleb. I said that literally last Tuesday. You guys know that. I knew they would find a way to lose that game, and they did. I mean, literally in some of the worst ways possible, some of the, the rocking back false. I've never seen four false start penalties over the course of six plays 
But that's pretty much what the Cardinals did. Did, But that doesn't take away from what the Giants did. They still had to go down the field. They still had to complete passes. They still had to uh, win that game, which they did against a bad Cardinals team. But, you know, you, you, can't, you can't slap their hand for putting themselves in that position. It wasn't a pretty game offensively or defensively, but they did come uh, alive in the second half. There's, just, there's, there's still a lot more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think both things can be significantly true. So to, to your point, you know, breaking news as, as well as as Villain's point. Now, you know what? You came out of a, of a, of a crappy game with with a crappy one. Um, but to TP's point, like I think you know, again, this this is the Arizona Cardinals here, and I I do think some significant tanking. Uh, was on display there, but again, you gotta. You, no matter how you get the win, you get the dub. Now, you go out there this week against against the Forty ers team and, and and put on a, that type of the show. When we're sitting here next Tuesday, we may have a different conversation, but time will tell. I wanted to move on, um, give you guys an opportunity to kind of talk your stuff a little bit. Uh, we, we did we did lose Greenwood. He had to you know come back things to the office. Uh, TP, I'm going to come right to you, sir. The Detroit Lions dropped a, 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 a barn burner, if you will, in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that. You already mentioned the running back going down. Uh, so hopefully for us of us, you know, those of us that play fantasy, Jameer Gibbs may get an increased amount of touches going forward. But talk to me about how I went down. Uh, this past weekend with the Seattle Seahawks getting the uh, overtime win? Uh, I can't lie. It's a great game, to be honest. Um, this is going to burn me the most saying this here and now in the kitchen. Dan Campbell, uh, his strategy is going to kill them if he don't get it together. They the, the Lions went all the way downfield to tie this game up at the end of the game, at the end of regulation because they were down 31-28 at the time. There were two different fourth downs in the game that he is well within field goal range. He's tied and had the lead at one point. He was tied up at one point, and the other time he had the lead. Instead of taking the field goal, and he's well within field goal range, he goes for it and misses it on these fourth downs. Now, I can get it if it's a critical part of the game or – this is something to change momentum and things of that nature. There's no need to keep showing your bravado that, hey, I got the playbook. I'm going to go for it on fourth down when I feel like it. It's like, no, this is going to cost you because last year when they went one and six out of the gate, that was the same stuff that was costing the Lions because he kept doing that fourth down stuff, and they were they were actually missing out on that. Now, I get it. It's gutsy. It's ballsy. People want to see people play football like that. It feels like he's playing Madden kind of when you're taking points off the board from a team, let alone that 31-28 deficit. We could have been tied at that point or up three points, however you look at it, because you took six points off the board from the team. You're shooting us in the foot at that point in time. The game is the game. And I know a lot of people sat up there and said, oh, Goff's pick six costed them. Uh, David Montgomery's fumble costed two right after halftime. Because as soon as we came out of halftime, he fumbled the first possession, first snap of the uh, second half. But those, those things intricately happen in the game. The the situation of how Campbell is coaching 
could end up costing him if he doesn't use his head. He's not learning. And he basically got out coached by Pete Carroll in that situation. Pete Carroll's been through these vigors. You got to be smart instead of trying to be brassy in these situations. It, it's not that these are the questions that I still had around Dan Campbell. It was electric on how he went, what, 9 11 out of the last 11 games, but 8 and 2 out of the last 10 last year because he was winning games, but he wasn't, he was actually being smarter, not having to use those fourth downs to get first downs. It's like he's playing the game within the game. And instead he's going back to his old ways. And now it's like, he knows how to respond. He knows people want to hear him talk at the presser. It's like that, that's not going to get it done, Dan. And you're going to end up costing a team a, a legit spot or a home field situation in the playoffs or at least an upper seed in the playoffs when you guys have the advantage while the NFC North is down. This is the one thing that's bothered me because everything is going right except the coaching situation. The defense was bad. We didn't get any pressure on Geno Smith, and they were down two to three offensive linemen. Like, um, they got to create pressure. I want to know what's happening with Isaiah Bugs because Isaiah Bugs has been out for the past two games. They're healthy scratching them. If this is a situation that's happening in-house, then release them. Otherwise, why are you keeping him there, having him in street clothes, and he's not hurt, and we're missing defense up the middle, plugging up the run up the middle, not creating any pass presence up the middle. Everything is supposed to be Aiden Hutchinson. They're chipping him. He can't get back there. This is a coaching matter. Everything else is going according to plan, and, and they, they, the Lions' offense is still clicking, even while these people are dropping with David Montgomery going down. They think St. Brown has turf toe. They still were able to put up 30-some-odd points at the end of the day. So this is a coaching situation. they got to make adjustments. And, and I, I, to me, I put this at the feet of Dan Campbell. Even though some things happen in the game, things happen within the game. And you got to win a turnover battle. you got to be able to create pressure. And this is the second game in a row, two years in a row, they let Geno Smith look like an all-pro quarterback, and they're not getting to him. So uh, Detroit has their issues. The defense, again, is alarming. And to lose CJGJ for the season, that, that just that's like popping the helium out the balloon right now. But they still got good, uh, you know, defensive guys back there. Brian Branch is still – they'll probably have to move him or Tracy Walker's going to be back there one way or another. But to lose the vocal – heart of the team and, and the guy that was actually amping this ski mask situation up is gone for the season. Pro Bowl safety is, is huge for the Lions at this point. You know what? Well, you can send Isaiah Bugs right on back home. You can come on right back home. Well, look at you. <laughs> look at you. I want him. I want him. I Campbell mom, something not now, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. I will say this though. I had a buddy of mine, and we'll, we'll keep a pressing here in a second. I had a buddy of mine I was talking to about the particular game, and he said this, and I had to check him. Issue with the Detroit Lions is the fact that they don't have a quarterback. And I was like, my guy, what are you talking about? Like your man throws for three touchdowns. 323 yards, he did throw his first pick in, you know, 100-plus, you know, 100-plus games. Uh, what are you talking about? He doesn't need the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? But anybody else want to comment on the Seattle-Detroit uh, Lions game before we move on? 
I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it super short, and then Barry can take it if he wants. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna actually go with the coaching because you know what? Nobody had a problem week one when 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 Campbell did the fake uh, fake punt on his own in own side of the field inside the thirty. Um, if you have to, if you love the fact that your coach believes in the players and is willing to kind of put it all out there, you got you got to kind of live with the good and the bad. What I'm going to go with is the fact that Seattle on the road had zero turnovers and Detroit had three. And um, although Goff threw the one pick and it was pretty egregious, as I'm sure Ty would tell you, it literally looked like the intended receiver was the defensive back. Um, He did march right back down the field and hit Reynolds on that in route that was absolutely magnificent. Um, So, when you have two teams that play that closely and, 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 and play that well, and you have one team that, that's plus three in the turnover margin, I, I, I'm going to assume they're going to win almost every time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Harvey, Bellin, do you want to talk about this one or do you want to press on? No, I mean, real quick, I feel like, uh, you know, Seattle is one of those teams. I, I feel like that's a team that, if, if you're trying to figure out uh, a player or if you're trying to decide between a running back or a wide receiver and you're picking up a fringe guy, if they're going against Seattle, I feel like that's a team you can pick on this year. I do think this is a very close game. Uh, I thought Gino played uh, much better than he did even a week ago. I, I know the Lions should have got out of this game uh, alive. Uh, you know, it's just it's weird in the NFL. Um, obviously, the, I think at the end of the year, the Lions are going to clear cut be uh, the better team. It just, you know, the ball didn't bounce that way uh, this past Sunday. I can respect it. I can respect it. Dylan, anything from from you, or are are, are you done with this particular game? No, I, turnovers, man. Can't turn the ball over at home. Um, Seattle didn't, like I said. I mean, um, they made a comeback, right? Ten, they were down ten in the fourth quarter, and. and Part back, mm-hmm. but they didn't get the ball back. When the offense, you no, know, golf got it. Got as he threw the pick six, team back, got the team um, back in the game. Um, and I think if he had another possession, he probably would have pulled it out. But they didn't let him get the ball back. So um, that was the way the crook crumbled. Got to take care of the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. At home, yeah. Yeah. Oh, another thing, another thing that I do, I do want to spill. Another thing I do want to spill into the coaching situation since Brian said it wasn't coaching. The Lions got the ball back when the score was twenty-eight thirty-one, with two minutes left, with the two-minute warning and three timeouts, and he was playing safe ball to end up kicking a field goal when they were moving the ball chunk by chunk, and then they ended up just running blast up the middle to settle for the field goal instead of attacking their defense that was down uh, Tariq Woolen and everything. Like, these are coaching issues. These are the games within the game. And um, he didn't coach to win. He coached to try to, you know, see if the defense could pull it out for him in overtime, and he should have went for the kill. These are situations. And I get it. Like, people are going to weigh that option of him getting the the, uh, the fake punt in Kansas City. But for him to be, okay, the first fourth and two was at the 20-yard line. You're not going to kick a field goal. And the second one was from the 33-yard line. Like, I mean, it's a 50-yard field goal, but you're at home. Like, at least why do you have a kicker? Especially in these situations where you could take the lead or put more points on the board. Like, you're the one that ultimately calls the decision. You can't 
I, I'm not letting Dan Campbell dodge the bullet. And 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 no, I was not happy with the fake punt in Kansas City. I was no, I was I was fretting when he did it. I was fretting because it's Mahomes. Like it, it, he, we got lucky right there. And I'm not gonna lie. Well, and to yeah, that point, yeah. real quick. To that point, real quick. Yeah, if you're gonna forego field goals a couple of other times during that game and go for it on fourth down, then why the hell aren't you going for? Why aren't you going for broke late in the game? And then if for some reason you can't get it, then maybe you settle for a field goal. But why are you then going out of your way to kick a field goal when you have had opportunities to kick field goals earlier and you didn't take them? I, it's just, to me, I guess, like, when I look at it that way, it just it, it speaks of inconsistency and a lack of, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see what your style is if you're doing that. No, I agree with him 100. percent I'm saying bingo. That, that that's that, that's a coach. That's yeah. a coach. This, he's saying what I'm saying. That's the coaching matter. That that's that's yeah. that's the game within the game. Pete Carroll has his number. There are coaches that have other coaches' numbers. And and for the past three seasons, Campbell has lost to Pete Carroll. He lost to him once with Russ and twice with Geno. This is three years in a row that Dan Campbell cannot figure out Pete Carroll. He got out coached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to switch gears really quickly. Um, and, and, and talk about what took place yesterday in Akershire. Um, normally I, I go last, but uh, for, for me, I, I have a lot to say. I did just record a finger food, which is going to come out probably tomorrow. Um, but I am not impressed with getting this one here. I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I said so on my finger food episode. If you look at the statistics, um, we had no business winning that ball game, none at all. We were out game two to one uh, total yards. We gave up 20 first downs. We only got nine. Um, we couldn't tackle anybody. We, 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 we are a bad one-win football team right now. That being said, the fact that we are a one-win football team you know, it, it it makes the coffee taste a little bit better this morning, but let's not make any bones about it. Our offense is putrid. As a matter of fact, at, at, during the fourth quarter of that ball game yesterday, the fans at Acushore Stadium started screaming, fire Matt Canada. You know, so something has to be done. I listened to Mike Thomas' press conference this morning, um, and, you know, he said some things about, you know, not painting with a broad brush and, and typical Mike Tomlin speak. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if we keep doing the same thing that we've always done and expecting a different result, that's just fine of insanity. And right now we are an insane bunch. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to get out of the stadium with the win. Um, but Kenny Pickett, I, I said this in last week's episode, is lost in the sauce. He can't he, he can't hit anybody. And again, miss me with the whole – Oh, we played the 49ers, we played the Cleveland Browns. No. See, man, hit the man. It's, I mean, it's, it's not like there's anything exotic. He's missing wide-open targets. I mean, I can at least give, you know, Kitty Pickett some leeway if defenders are making out-of-body plays and, and Ward is, you know, diving in front of balls and knocking them down and, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, guy just so happened to, to make a play with Deontay Johnson or whatnot. You know, these are literally balls thrown directly to teams without your color jersey on. I'm pissed. 
you know what I'm saying? My 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 defense, everybody's wanna everybody wants to talk about the fact that they scored fourteen points yesterday on, on the interception and, and the scooping score. Clearly negating the fact that we once again got ran on for two hundred and twenty some odd yards. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> miss me with this whole nonsense and you know I I I I got Steeler fans and in my comments talking about yo your defense won me a, a fantasy thing. Yeah, I got people in my comments talking about you know hey this that the third the Steelers did this the Steelers got to reach you guys won. Can you pick it? This no what? No. I expect better. Therefore, the fact that I am not getting better is baffling me. But once again, we got to stay in with the win. We got the Raiders coming up. I'm, I'm encouraged about, you know, the potential for us to get out there and beat on another bad football team. Hopefully we don't, you know, get right, you know. You know, I hope they don't get right against us, but, you know, time will tell, man. With that being said, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to talk about it. I know you guys watched it. Um, you're more than welcome to talk about this particular game or we can press on. I got two things real fast. I got uh, on this. Yeah. I, no, I, I was, I was, I was gonna. Say, I'll, I'll say it real quick. Um, Matt Canada has to go. I think enough's enough. Like he's a holdover from Ben Roethlisberger. Ben, ben ain't there no more. This guy is. They haven't thrown for over. They haven't had 400 yards offensive game in God knows how long. Even the Giants with their putrid offense has had a 400 yard uh, game. Like this guy hasn't. Like serious. I I listened to your finger fuse. I I know I hear you talk about Matt Canada every time. Matt Canada, Matt Canada, Matt. This guy's got to go. This guy is terrible. Like it, it, it the offense is so, so vanilla. You got Pickett doing one one step reads, eyeballing guys getting picked off. Enough is enough. Like get this guy out of here. Uh, serious, I've been t- I've been telling you the same thing about Matt Canada for a year. I told you he was at LSU for a year. The one thing that Ed Ogeron did that was more intelligent than Mike Tomlin is he got rid of Matt Canada after one year. We don't care what we gave him via contract. We know that this guy is not going to cut it as the offensive coordinator at SEC. And if he can't cut it as an offensive coordinator at LSU, he sure as hell ain't going to cut it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only guy that was let go from an SEC job that ended up doing pretty good in Pittsburgh was a guy named Bruce Arians. Matt Canada is not that guy, all right? So uh, I, I've never been impressed with Matt Canada. Um, he, I, I, I don't understand how he's gotten as many jobs as he's gotten uh, when, you know, the most, uh, the most exotic thing that he does in his offense is a little uh, misdirections, uh, you know, motion, things like that, trying to confuse the eyes of the defensive guys. And one of the staples of his offense is the jet sweep by the wide receiver. He was so bad at three or four games into, into his tenure at LSU, they lost a game to Troy. Troy. For those of you who don't know, small school in Alabama. And when that happened, uh, Ed Ogeron basically came back. They simplified the offense, uh, had another guy come in and kind of help with the, with the play call. Matt Canada should not have been uh, – he should have been let go from uh, Pittsburgh before Ben Roethlisberger hung it up. So, uh, you know, I, I was really – I had high hopes on Pickett. He looked real good in the preseason. I feel like this is going to be a breakout year for George Pickens. I told you guys early in the season, if Najee Harris struggles, I'm going to struggle early on in fantasy. Um, 
what's Najee Harris's performances so far this year. So you guys know how my fantasy teams probably look this year. Uh, you know, this is a game they should be able to win this week. Once again, it was an ugly win. Defense did it for you. You take a win wherever you can get it, and a division win on top of it. So good on the Steelers getting that win. But I'm telling you right now, Matt Cannon should have been fired two years ago, and I don't think he should call another play. Now, Tomlin has got too much class, and whatever, he's not going to do that uh, in the middle of the season, I don't believe. But uh, Matt Cannon needs to go back to Canada, maybe go call uh, plays in the CFL. <laughs> facts, 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 facts. Call the numbers 929 477 Now, lots of other sports that he shoves here. Uh, one to change gears um, and talk about an interesting game that kind of shocked me. Uh, the 49ers managed to uh, win the Las Vegas, you know, prop bet bowl, if you will, beating the the, the L.A. Rams, you know, 30-23, to 23, um, coming off that beating they gave the Steelers week one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey ran like a man possessed. Brock Purdy saved the ship. Debo Samuel uh, found himself back in the end zone. Brandon Ayuk went down. But on the flip side, it looks like, you know, Poo-Poo Nakua is, is that dude. Like 15 receptions, 147 yards against that vaunted Tesla 49er defense. Kyron Williams, uh, like my man Greenwood spoke, spoke about before, he had to dip out uh, with the leading bell cow here. Um, you know, toting the rock for 52 yards, added some catches for overall 100-yard day, if you will. Um, but, you know, breaking news, this is your ball club. Um, I, I'm calling it the Vegas Bowl for obvious reasons, but um, you guys got to win against a division opponent, man. Talk to me about it. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, 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 game, the, the game was way, way closer than I anticipated, and I want to give major respect and um, props to the Rams. Um, they came in without their best receiver. Um, they look good. Their offensive line looks much improved over last year. Um, Matt Stafford looked dynamite. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen Matt Stafford uh, look this good since the Super Bowl run. Um, different arm angles, finding guys open. Um, he looked really, really good. Um, so I, I want to make sure that we give kudos to them. And I do think that the Rams are a sneaky good team, right? Like. We're going we're gonna to find out exactly how good they are, but, you know, the reality is is Seattle went into Detroit, and Detroit beat KC. I understand they weren't at full strength, but beat KC, and they went into Detroit and beat them. Well, the Rams went into Seattle and beat them week one and was at 17-17 at halftime at uh, Levi South, which is the 49ers stadium um, in the south because about 70% at SoFi we're Niner fans. So it, um, I give a lot of respect and kudos to that coaching staff um, for them to realize, Hey, you know what, what we've done in the past has not always worked, especially in this particular matchup. Uh, they did a lot of different things this time than, than, than what they normally do. Uh, D line rotation, the offensive line, like I said, looked much improved, but I think ultimately what you saw, and, and by the way, Brock Purdy kind of had, I'm going to just say, one of his worst games as a starter. He missed several open receivers. He overthrew probably two or three guys deep, Brandon Ayuk, 
uh, Jennings, um, uh, overthrew Debo on, on easy walk-in touchdown passes. But kudos to the Rams. Um, played well. Ultimately, the Niners handled business in the second half and got a win over a di- divisional opponent. I'm just going to tell you guys this. Here's what I want to know. So my understanding is is the line moved to seven and a half right before the start of the game. And, you know, most people, if you're like moi, you, <laughs> you may buy a point, but some people don't do that, right? You're just like, ah, you know what, I want the extra money. So with time expiring and the Rams on the 30-yard line, like literally no time left and down by 10, for whatever inexplicable reason, the Rams decided to kick a field goal to make it 30-23. to 23. And I couldn't help but think to myself at that moment after I knew that the Niners had won the game, I wonder how many people lost their parlays or lost the bet because you know there was a ton of money on the Niners at seven and a half, and literally the the, the Rams kick a meaningless last-second field goal to make the, the win by seven. So um, it was a good game, and uh, like I said, respect to the Rams. They, they really hung in there. They really did, and I can't wait to play them again in a few weeks. Hopefully Cooper Cup will be back. Yeah, man, um, Vegas be up to something. There was no reason, no effing reason for Sean McVay to kick that field goal. None at all. There's no 10-point field goal. There's no 10-point play. You know, I mean, the, the, the referee was rushing up there to set the ball. I mean, it was, it, was, it, was just, it, was just, it was just interesting. Anybody else want to talk about this particular game before we move on? Brian owes Brian at least owes the brunch on apology, but I'll wait till Chandler's around because he was talking <laughs> that crap with, with Chandler. And I know Chandler was like, he can't wait to talk to Brian. So just so you all know, Sports City, Brian is not done for the week. He's here for the Tuesday show, but he owes you one for Sunday. That's for sure. Because he said on that show some stuff. That I I tried to stop him, y'all. Y'all heard me. If y'all didn't hear the brunch, I tried to stop Brian. Oh Vince. yeah. And he started going crazy. I'm like Brian, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. He's like TP trust. I'm like okay, okay. And he called me mid game, and he's like I don't know. I'm like yeah, I know you don't know. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, I said I said the Niners would win by 20. At one point, they were up by 10 inside the, 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 the red zone, about to go up 17, got two dumb penalties, ended up ended up uh, doing a pooch punt, and they basically just did scramble drill uh, at the end of the game. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I said, mad respect to the Rams. I think I think they're a team that's going to sneak up, sneak up on some teams. I really do. I, I think they've got a, a decent receiving core. I, I think they have a lot of young kids on that roster – that don't even realize that they shouldn't be in these games. And uh, they, 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 they played their hearts out. They really did. I, I mean, they're nowhere near the talent level of the Niners. I mean, I heard this crazy stat the other day, boys. The Rams had 14 players in their draft class, and all 14 made the roster. Now think about that. We're all football minds here. When have you ever heard a decent team having 14 draft picks and every one of them making the roster? So it just kind of tells you where the Rams are at right now. Mad respect for uh, McVay, uh, that offensive line coach, the the defense. Uh, like like I said, they played their hearts out. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say yeah. that too. 
Cube and, and TP, like, um, Nakua, Nakua is for real. That kid can play. Um, that, that, that's a heck of a find. And if you can get Cup healthy in two, I think it's two weeks, right? He's on the IR for four mm-hmm. weeks, so he's in two weeks. Um, you got something there. And, and, and I didn't think the offensive line in Los Angeles would hold up. They held that to one sack and six QB hits. You know, that's pretty darn impressive for against that defense, right? So, to, to Hughes's point, respect to that offensive line in, in L.A., but the 49ers went ugly and, you know, they got the win. Uh, I could see, you know, Purdy didn't have his best game, but they still got a win because there's just so much talent around them. Um, you know they, that they they're just more talented than than the Rams are at this this, this stage in the game. So, um, you know, listen, the Rams their first two weeks nobody thought they would do much of anything. They proved that you know they might be able to to sneak up on some people and, and make a little bit of noise. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I I don't think they're as bad as as a lot of people thought. If this wasn't fixed, this was Sean McVay throwing a middle finger to everybody that bet on the 49ers at the very end of that game. And it was a brilliant, uh, if nothing else, was a moment of satisfaction to go, you know what, we just effed them all. <laughs> I can see Sean McVay doing that. Call the numbers now, 294 I want to go over two more games, but, you know, Mr. Harvey, I'm, I'm coming right to you, sir. The other game that was on uh, last night was the New Orleans Saints um, and the Carolina Panthers. Um, a relatively ugly game until until the you know the Saints put it out late. But you know, Mr. Harvey, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it. Um, your Saints, you know, like you know, breaking news is 49ers are sitting at two and zero, and and in the division that had three two and zero teams. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, as well as the Timothy Buccaneers, uh, were all unblemished right now. But we'll, we'll talk about them another time. Um, your 49, not your 49, but your Saints got, got the dub, man. Talk to me about it. Man, it was <laughs> it was ugly. All right, to be honest with you, uh, you Jamal Williams goes down, uh, you know, thankful for Taysom Hill. The guy doesn't need to be playing quarterback, though he did complete a pass. Uh, but that guy, uh, but 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 that guy at least has heart, man. He'll do anything uh, that this team wants him to try to do. Like, um, listen, <laughs> and he and he's he's a pretty good athlete, right? Like, uh, so if he adds a passing game to it or whatever, like Taysom Hill's a a, a decent piece for for a ball club to have. Uh, I. I was in, impressed a little bit with what I saw out of Mike Thomas. He took a couple hits and bounced back. Um, Rashid Shahid showed you speed again on the outside. Uh, so, But the offense is not at all uh, where it needs to be. Uh, that being said, like, listen, defensively, this team is, is playing pretty nasty. They kind of, uh, you know, they kind of slid. It was 20 to 9. Uh, Carolina got a touchdown late, but this team now uh, 10 games of 20 points or less. Uh, the, no team in the NFL has a streak like that right now. This is something that hasn't been seen in New Orleans since the 1991 like Dome Patrol 
uh, which you know, those guys legendary, uh, three of the four, I think, in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, just looking at what they were able to uh, accomplish. Their defense played well. They confused the young quarterback. There's a the Saints have struggled in Carolina recently. Uh, they lost to Sam Darnold. They lost to, I mean, what's the dude's name that played in the XFL? I don't know, man. They they've gotten beat by about everybody uh, at quarterback in Carolina. That's been a a, a bad, a, a tough, tough place uh, for the Saints to go play. Uh, but I I am impressed with the offense. I mean, with the defense. I I like the young corners. I like what I'm seeing out of. Uh, Brian Breesey, the kid from Clemson. Uh, Carl Granderson has taken a big step. Cam Jordan is solid. And Demario Davis is still playing at a very, very high level. And and I'm seeing growth from, you know, more familiarity in the system from Marcus May and Terrell Matthews. So, and some depth on this team. So, I, I like what we got defensively going on. Uh, this is going to be tough going into Green Bay. That's another subject to be uh, talked about later on this week. But, I think if we can get the running back position figured out, get Kamara back. I talked about Taysom Hill earlier, uh, but at Kendrick Miller, I think that this is if the offense can come along at all and complement the defense. I, I still think this team has a legit shot uh, to win this NFC South. Uh, that being said. Offense still has a lot of work to do. They were able to do just enough. As like I said before, I mean, once again, you got a new quarterback. You got some new pieces in. Uh, people aren't playing. With the, Brian talked about earlier how you don't really have much contact in the preseason. People aren't playing as much in the preseason either. I feel like when you're putting new pieces together, it takes time uh, for these guys to gel. So for this team, to accomplish this goal of winning the division and going into the playoffs and, and having a chance to do anything, the offense has to continue to improve from week to week. But, listen, if you have a solid defense, uh, that's that's a good recipe that will travel for you. So we'll see. You know, another big test this week. But uh, what I will tell you, Sirius, is they've, they've won their first game each of the last five years. Uh, it's been 10 years since the Saints started 2-0. and That year they went 5-0 and before they dropped a game. I don't think that's going to happen this year. But when we're talking about something that hasn't happened in 10 years for this franchise, uh, I don't care. Right? Hook or crook, ugly, whatever, 2-0 uh, and is 2-0. and I'll take it going into week three. I respect it, man. I respect it. Anybody want to talk about the particular game or was it? It was the first game of yesterday's doubleheader, TP, breaking news. You want, uh, you guys want to talk about it? I, I just want to real quickly piggyback on that New Orleans game and just – and I know he kind of mentioned this a little bit. No disrespect to Olave, who had the, the, the one, you know, the one long catch. Um, but he, he's totally right. Like, Taysom Hill was the MVP of that game. Like, every time they needed – to confer the first down or every time they needed to stay ahead of the chains. Like, like, you know, with Kamara out, like right now, he's probably the best running back they have. Like he runs with a vigor that uh, you don't see quarterbacks run with. And I understand that's why he's not a full-time quarterback, but it is amazing to think that this dude played full-time 
quarterback in college. And if you watch the way he runs and delivers a hit, it's it's just fascinating to watch this guy because he does not play the game like a quarterback, not at all. No, he he really doesn't. I just I, I I I'm baffled at the amount of money that they gave him. Um, and I mean I, I I'm a firm believer if you don't master one skill, um, you know you you struggle to master the rest of them. Um, but again, for what he does, um, there, there's a place for him there. Uh, TP, did you want to talk about this before we moved on? The only thing I want to say about this game is that um, I can't wait to see what the Saints look like when Kamara gets back. I still have my question marks in regards to Derek Carr. I'm, I'm not comfortable with him just yet. To go up against a Panther team that watched Bryce struggle and he was still in the game and they didn't take advantage of that Carolina team, um, I, I I still feel Derek Carr is still the same quarterback. Um, that's why I was saying that I, I feel like Carolina could steal that game and they were damn close. If there was another veteran in that offense, I think Carolina could have edged it. But um, it was really just, you know, Bryce Young and Thielen trying to do the magic that they could do within that game. That's why it was so low scoring on the offensive side of the ball. I got to give the Panthers defense credit for at least limiting the Saints as much as they could, but you could just feel the Saints just had too much firepower for them to lose that game. And it wasn't like one of those, you know, abundance of wealth, firepower, but it was just enough to get over the hump of Carolina. Even though that's a division battle, and even though Carolina has beaten them before, uh, I got to tip my hat for the Saints to at least have the wherewithal to win that game. But my question mark is still in front of number four, Derek Carr. I 100% agree with that. That being said, I hope he continues to grow uh, with that offense, uh, but I still think, and, and I may be proven wrong uh, by the end of this year, but I still think we're better off in the hands of Derek Carr than we are the blank shooting red rifle. Uh, that being said, you know, Taysom is a football player. I don't know if he does anything great, but he's a football player, and he's been willing to do any and everything they asked him to do. Special teams, throw his head in there and block. Uh, play quarterback, even though Sean Payton really thought he was the guy. He's been in the tight end room. Uh, he's been willing to take things at running back. He just he's an he's an athlete and a football player. So I, I don't know. I, I agree with you though, serious. He's probably giving too much money, uh, but at least uh, it, it's kind of probably good to have a guy that that's uh, it, it's pretty easy to be selfless when you get that kind of contract at that older age. But it's it's pretty nice to have a guy that's just like okay, whatever you want me to do, I'll I'll, I'll try I'll do it. Yeah. And listen, in the words of the great. Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> Call the number is 929 for the next couple minutes of Sports City Chefs. I wanted to run down these games, and if anybody wanted to talk about anyone in particular, Bill, please feel free to stop me. We kicked off the, the week two slate with the Thursday night, you know, banger the Philadelphia Eagles got past the Minnesota Vikings. The big thing for me mm. about this particular game was DeAndre Swift went off. This brother went silly off. Um, and there's an issue going on in Minnesota. Um, anybody want to talk about that, or did you guys want to press on? I'd like to say I, one thing. 
Go ahead, Harvey. You go first, man. You keep getting the back seat. You can drive this time. No, uh, you good. I I thought it was interesting. I think just competitive juices with uh, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. I think that's going to be fine. I did think that they had a chance to kind of put their foot on their neck, and they were unable to. And I was a little bit alarmed the way they kind of let Minnesota hang around in that game and make it real close towards the end. Yep, that's what I was going to say, Serious. All I was going to say is, Eagles, I'm not impressed. It took four Minnesota turnovers, and really they still had a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I know I know you can only play the games that are set out in front of you, but um, I, the, the, the Eagles look like they're still in off-season form. I, I, I need to see... I need to see the high-flying Eagles we saw last year. And they used to have this guy on their team. His name was Brown. Uh, there was a pretty good receiver. I, I don't know if he's still there, but he don't catch balls anymore. So it would be nice to see him make a appearance. I got one thing to say. I got one thing to say. In the words of Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, my mama loves me, right? So I got to I got to say that before I do it cuz my mom is a diehard Viking fan. Um I mom, I don't want you to get mad, but I'm going to say this. If the Vikings don't get this figured out and I'm going to knock on wood and karma please leave me alone, they're going to get Justin Jefferson killed. Justin Jefferson yeah. is that team. Period. This is back-to-back weeks that he's gotten nine catches or better, or I think it's 10 actually. They keep going to him. I know he's one of the most unguardable receivers in the league, if not the best receiver in the league. But if you keep forcing the ball to him, they're going to set a scheme up to him, and he will get lit up. And this is what Kirk Cousins is doing because I feel like that's the only security he has. I've been telling people about T.J. Hawkinson. He may have scored the ball, but I feel like there's more on the field for him to get done while Justin Jefferson is going crazy. They got rid of Dalvin Cook, and they have no running game. Minnesota has no running game. And the worst part about it is they brought Brian Flores in to help that defense. That defense still has its issues. Minnesota has a lot going on in-house. And um, I don't know if they get this to turn around now, but um, it's showing up when everybody was like, oh, they were 11-0 and in one-score games. They're now losing these games. And they need defense for sure. They better get a running back from somewhere. And if they don't find another threat outside of Justin Jefferson, and KJ's good, like, because, I, I mean, I'm biased, but KJ does, does do his thing on the offensive side of the ball. They need another threat in that passing game. I mean, Addison has done, done his thing too, but it has to be consistent. Otherwise, they're going to get him hurt, and I, I don't want to see that happen. That's the one thing in sports is injuries that just bother me. But um, especially when these guys are great, you know, like you don't want to see a great player go down because they're force-feeding it, i.e., what Barry's going through with Saquon. Like, I, it, as much as I talk junk to Barry, so on and so forth, like, we brothers and all, but it's like I don't like to see them force-feed Saquon because he gets hurt. And, and it's like you already know he's injury-prone. If you guys put Justin Jefferson in the way of becoming injury-prone, I will be mad at you, and I'm not even a Viking fan, and they in my division. So, uh, yeah, that, that's for you, Ma. You know what? It's comical because – Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, by the way, when uh, just wanted to, in case anybody was wondering, when Steve Wilkes takes a head coaching job next year, uh, the, the Niners defensive coordinator, Brian Flores will be the next defensive coordinator for the 49ers. You think that he's leaving Minnesota that fast? Wow. 
You let Pittsburgh got there, you know? I'm pretty sure anybody would jump ship. Listen, if you have a ship that's sinking and you have a yacht, I'm pretty sure most people would rather be on the yacht. Ty, I could coach that, that defense to be a top-five defense. Yeah. I think if Wilkes had gotten head job, Flores would have been gotten, gotten serious consideration for that defensive coordinator job last offseason. It's very, very possible. And, and and the Vikings got the Chargers this week, another disappointing 0-2 squad um, who fell this week to the Tennessee Titans in overtime. Um, I, I, <laughs> you don't turn the ball over. You have over 800 you know, yards between two games, you average 30 points a game, and you still lose the ball game to the Tennessee Titans where their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, threw, and I quote, he didn't throw a pick, but Derrick Henry didn't run for over 100. Uh, he threw for 246 yards, Ryan Tannehill did. Um, but, again, you managed to lose the ball game. Um, on the road, man. Talk to me about this this L.A. Chargers Tennessee Titan game, man. And another head scratcher for me. Um, I will say, I will say, hold on, I will say this. I will say this, and T.C., I'll, I'll let you run first. Um, if there was ever a team that invented ways of losing ball games, it's the L.A. Chargers. If there was ever a team that I saw have all the weapons that are needed to be successful uh, on both sides of the football. If I ever saw a team that had the franchise quarterbacks that we talked about earlier, the franchise runners that we talked about earlier, and these assortment of receivers, mm-hmm. um, defensively, they play exceptionally. Uh, they, they have the names. They have, they, they have both. So they got, they, they, they got the names, but yet they find ways to lose. It's the Chargers, man. It's wild. But TP talking, man. How you feel? Okay, Sports City. I don't like to do the shameless plug because I don't feel like I'm being shameless at all. I was the only one on the brunch that picked the Titans to beat the Chargers. I knew that this would happen. I and and it's interesting that you started this up like this series. It's the battle of the O and twos, and they both need to win between Minnesota and um, the Chargers. I think. Herbert is now falling into that little decline of overrated because these are games that he needs to win. He has to show up, and he's not getting it done. Um, And he just ain't the big deal. You're going to have to show up just like you, just like Burrow. You guys have gotten well over $250-some-odd dollars and are losing games that you guys have to pull out for your team. It's hard to already pull out of being down 0-2 right now, especially up against Ryan Tannehill. Wait, hold on. Let me try this again against Ryan Tannehill and the words of Aaron Sirius Simmons. Miss me with that one. I I also picked the Titans uh, on Sunday on the brunch because I was like, I, I wanted to pick the Chargers. I've kind of gone back and forth with the Titans being home, but once I saw that Austin Eckler was out, I picked the, uh, I picked the Titans as well because at the end of the day, uh, I believe Chargers are going to charge her. And this is going to continue to be the case as long as Brandon Staley is that head coach. He might have been good with the, with the Rams defense, and but he had a, he got a lot of players. At the end of the day, 
Brandon Staley's got to go. As long as he's there, Chargers are going to charge her. They are finding more ways to lose games than the Jim Hazlitt coach New Orleans Saints. Huh. Well, very, very well said. Talk to me. Talk to me. Is uh is is Barry still here? No, nah, Barry had to drop off. He had a family thing. Okay, to okay. Off. I just I wanted to get his take on this, but I I gotta tell you guys something, and and, and only because Ty brought this up. It it, it kind of baffles me that so many people want to use the hashtag or the or the 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 quote like Justin Herbert is overrated, like. What more do you want this guy to do? They have literally averaged 400 yards of offense and 30 points a game in the first two games, and they're 0-2. That defense, which Harvey just mentioned, with the Rams had all kinds of pieces, that defense, there's more money allocated to that defense than any other team in the entire league, including the Niners. Well, Maybe not the Niners now because of the Nick Bosa contract, but they are a top two or three paid on the defensive side of the ball team. You've got Bosa. You've got James. You've got Samuel. You've got all these quote-unquote dudes. You're a defensive-minded coach, and you couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper bag. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop committing penalties. They find a way to, quote, unquote, charger it. But the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to blame Justin Herbert or that offense that's putting up 400 yards a game and 30 points a game for them being 0-2. You look at those games and you tell me that that defense, with all those, quote, unquote, stars and all that money allocated to defense, is not the reason that this team is 0-2 right now. This team has had a lead in both games, and I think we all Mm -hmm. agree Miami's pretty damn good. They've had a lead in both games in the fourth quarter, and the defense cannot stop anybody. The Chargers' problem is the defense is horrendous. You can't have a defensive-minded coach that can't coach defense. Like, Like, Kelly Moore is... Is, is, you know, you can say what you want. I know he's made some questionable calls. The offense is okay. The problem is the defense. And if you're a defensive-minded guy and you can't figure out defense and you have all the stars you could possibly ever want, it's time to go. Yeah. If you were there, I think I said it during the brunch. That I, I told you to give me names specifically when I was calling out Joey Bosa and said that he's nowhere near his brother. I started talking about Mac. I started talking about every last one of those defenders on the team. But knowing that they got to go out there and go shot for shot, like they have, he got to get something done. Like explain to me why he lost to the Texans. Explain to me why he can't cross the Mississippi River and get wins. Explain to me why he can't be Ryan Tannehill going across the Mississippi River again. These are situations that he has to pull out. Like we know that Kansas City don't have a great defense. They get things done with Jones and so so forth. But they know they're gonna have to go shot for shot. And for him to be one of the top paid quarterbacks, who else they gonna blame other than the defense? He got to he got to go. To- him too. I get it that he's putting up gaudy stats, but listen. they got to win games. He couldn't beat the Texans at the crib. He couldn't beat the Texans at the crib. Like, he, like, he, 
I said he, if, he's if starting Herbert, to see that decline. I didn't say he was overrated yet, but he's starting to see it. Listen, he's starting to see if, it. If Justin Herbert was going toe to toe with Ryan Tannehill, I would say 100% you were right. But what did the Chargers defense do with Ryan Tannehill? Well, let me go ahead and give you the stats. He was 20 of 24, completed over 80% of his passes, 245 yards, a touchdown through the air, and a touchdown on the ground. Now, I don't need to remind you that he had three interceptions and couldn't complete 50% of his passes week one, and Vrabel was thinking about benching him. The point is, you can't put it on Herbert that the defense forgot how to play. They have to stop somebody, somebody. Whoever that is, whoever the defensive coordinator is, the head coach, it's on a lot of people. If the offense isn't scoring, blame it on the quarterback. But you can't blame the quarterback when the defense can't stop the opposing quarterback or the opposing offense. Yeah, I actually happen to agree with that. The issue that I I really find out with with the Chargers, I mean, their their offense is, is, is legit, but at some point, the TP point, the TP, you know, situation there, you got to be able to, to to get over the top and, and win, you know, a, a, a something significant. Like you still on this front end the hill, you can't beat Joe Burrow, you can't beat Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes owns you. You blow a, a lead in the playoffs. You know your defense, you know, doesn't help you out any. And but ultimately. You gotta you gotta get lucky. You you, you gotta find a way to, to 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 get a win, or you or you do make that turn into overrated status. You know what I'm saying? I understand this is a team game, but when you start looking at you know Justin Herbert and, and what he's able to accumulate outside of the financial compensation, the the, the resume is pretty pretty bare if you ask me. Um, one more game I wanted to get to before we get out of here, gentlemen. Um, I, I wanted to talk a, lo- a little bit about what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Actually, pivot that. I wanted to go to the other 0 3 ball club um, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who dropped um, their home opener to the Baltimore Ravens, a division opponent of mine. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to put this to everybody. What in the world is going on with Cincinnati? You know, again, I get it. They started out 0-2 last year. Uh, as a matter of fact, the past two years, they started, the past three years, they started out 0-2. Uh, one year they went 12-4, made the Super Bowl. The next year, um, you know, they they made a deep playoff one, and now they're sitting at 0-2. Uh, and they have a Monday night matchup versus the L.A. Rams, who we spoke about earlier. Um, what's going on with Cincinnati, man? Harvey, talk to me. End of the day, the defense doesn't look good. Jesse Bates has, you know, moved on. This, a lot of other pieces, maybe they find something later on. But then also, just uh, the quarterback's not been throwing the ball well. You could say calf, you could say whatever. He started slow last year, not in as much sync. I don't know. But he's not throwing the ball well. And with the way that this defense is playing – uh, Cincinnati is going to have to win shootouts. So they better hope he's back next week. If he's not, you know, you definitely got to drop off at that position. And, you know, here's the thing. You rush him back too soon, it may never be right all year. This team needs him, uh, needs Burrow to be on the field uh, and needs needs him to play well, which we know he can. And I think he'll have more good games than bad this season. 
and he's got enough weapons to put up numbers, but that's the only way Cincinnati's going to uh, really win. And I, I don't think there's a great team in that division. TP told you Baltimore is going to win it, but I don't think there's a great team in that division. And so, you know, they can still get back there, but it's going to have to be a shooting match. They can't play defense right now. Right, 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 right. TP, talk to me about Cincinnati, man. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, um, you know, don't 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 have it. They they can't, you know, play defense like Mr. Harvey Leader too. Talk to me, man. How you feel about Cincinnati Baltimore game? Well, City, I know I'm gonna end up making people mad. Um, the gig is up. The gig is up. Cincinnati, you could try all you want to try to keep putting this on the shoulders of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow needs to be protected. He's not even able to get passes off the right way. Um, I have Chase. Jamar Chase is barely getting targeted. This is bad. Um, if they can't get any time for him, if he can't hit the guys, if he can't get to Higgins or Chase, like, they're done. I've I seen people in different fantasy leagues. They're dropping Boyd. Like, Tyler Boyd is not even – they're letting him go because they can't get targets to the receivers. The gig is up. If you don't protect Burrow, and already he's been hampered for the past couple of seasons. His rookie season, he tore his knee up. He had an injury, you know, tried to bounce back the second season, even though he went to the Super Bowl, and now he's hurt again. Like, you guys have to protect him. You guys just put over 200 some million dollars into this guy, and he, he can't get up right. You guys don't have the proper position players around him, and you guys start at the receiver position. I don't know what you guys are banking this on. The defense is a question mark. You guys didn't improve much than what you have and thinking you're just going to just pull your gun out and start shooting. No, people are shooting back, and that division is looking like it's going to start passing you by because guess who's in last place in the AFC North? The last team in that division that went to a Super Bowl. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, oh, and if you don't know. (laughs) Nice. Breaking news, do you want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals Baltimore Raven game before we get out of here, sir? Yeah, man, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think most of this has already been covered, but I, I, listen, I'm a proponent. If you score 24 points on offense, you should be in and able to win a lot of games in the NFL. Uh, that defense is the, the most alarming thing to me, and specifically the run defense. Serious, they've averaged on average. Now, granted, it's only two games. And I understand they just faced Lamar Jackson, but they've averaged giving up over 190 yards on the ground each of the first two weeks. You can't win games like that. Anybody who watched that game, I can't tell you how many times I saw the Bengals get the Ravens into third and manageable, third and short, third and three, third and four, and they just pick it up halfback blast, Gus Edwards right up the middle, and they just get the – first down every single time. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't win games like that if you can't stop the run. And right now they're a team that cannot stop the run. Yeah. Breaking news, man. Thanks for coming by. Kicking on with us, man. Give us a plug and a close out. You shut it down, sir. Yeah, well, listen, it was, it, it's a blessing to, uh, to be with you boys tonight. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Uh, Barry, I hope when you listen to this back, man, listen, don't take it too personally. For years and years and years, my team was horrific, and I had to hear Chandler and Ty and Sirius and everybody else give me guff 
They don't they don't uh, they don't take the wins off the off the scoreboard. So you're still one and one regardless. Hoping you go one and two after the game this uh, this Thursday. But uh, boys, it's a blessing. Um, go to SportsCityChefs.com. Like I said on Sunday, there's a lot of really good articles up there, especially fantasy football advice. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I think the takes are a whole lot better than the bigger networks that are less in touch with reality. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming by, breaking news. And, man, again, congratulations you and your family. Mr. Harvey, you know what to do, man. Shut us down, man. Yeah, what he said about the website, like, subscribe, share, help get people out to check out this food for thought. So we can continue to give it to y'all, phiparel.co. Check us out tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, for College Cookout Thursday as well, 9 p.m. Eastern for Roundtable Gumbo. We got some other NFL games to get to go, that uh, happen this week to chop up. Going to uh, preview the next week coming up, man. And then Sunday morning brunch, the time of Sunday morning brunch, 11 a.m. Eastern every Sunday. Listen, uh, it's always nice to be 2-0, and you understand? Who that? Peace. Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, man. Go enjoy that pizza, my guy. CP, man, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug and a close out. You shut it down, sir. If it's Mama Call of Clay, I'm a call him Clay. And just like they said, you know the Cardinals was letting that game go. I could I could bring the people that was around me. I was like, the Cardinals will lose this game. And I could show you the screenshot of me sending that to Barry at halftime when he was down. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. There was no way that I thought the Cardinals were going to win that game. It just it just looked alarming the way that they blew that game. But we'll save that for that and more tomorrow. There's more coming out of me. I, I Believe me, I ain't done. I ain't done. You lucky serious that Brian had to break up the fight because I was still throwing pizza, blueberries, strawberries. I was throwing everything I could at that. But I ain't playing around. I don't play around. I don't play them games, man. SportsCityChefs.com. You already know how this website go down. All these boys up in here cooking. This show was electrically hot. I love every last one of these dudes with my life, and that's my word. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I share that very, very, very sentiment. Love every one of these brothers, man. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us, man. Shout out to man, Mr. Harvey, who kicked it with us, man. Uh, Villain, who had to go handle some business. Breaking news is in the building, man. It's good to hear this, man, on a consistent basis, man. It's kind of nostalgia, you know what I'm saying? When I first got, when I first came into Sports City, it was on, you know, breaking news the show, man. So it, it, it was funny hearing that guy. Uh, with that being said, man, um, I, I wanted to say something in, in closing. Um, life is precious. Life is precious. Thoughts and prayers go out to the New England Patriots fan that unfortunately lost his life due to uh, senseless violence in, in the stadium. Um, listen, we all fans. We all love our squad. Um, you know, we may have had too much to drink or whatever the case may be, but I, I, I don't think it's ever a cause to, to take a life. So with that being said, as you guys are out and about handling your business, doing shows or going to video games or whatever you guys are doing, uh, just be safe out there. With that being said, Lord willing, I catch you guys on the next one. And as CP said, man, telephone to telephone us to chefs again. If they don't know, man, now we know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the pool. They well in tune, blowing like a barbecue. 
Superman verse and do the clouds. So tell a friend it's the sport. Pay attention, tune in. We Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.